Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. He's a way maker. When you don't have a way, he knows the way. Amen. He's a light in the darkness. He makes paths where you didn't know there was one. Amen. I can attest to it. I have seen him do it in my life. I'm sure you've seen it do it in his life. You get to a crossroads, you say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. God said, I got the answer for you. I've already prepared it for you. Just follow me and I'll show you the way. Can I get an amen on that? Amen, 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 amen. So you might be facing something right now. You say, like, it seems like I'm not going to be able to get through or get to the other side or make things happen. God is with you in the midst of your trouble. He said, I will deliver you, take you through. Just be patient. Hang on. Hold on. Don't get out of the boat. Amen. The apostles, they were in the storm, right? He said, don't get out of the boat. I'll take care of it. I'll calm the storm for you. He said, peace be still. How many of you need some peace in your life, some settling, some calming? Amen. God is there for you. So today's message is part two of the Holy Spirit and you, but it's subtitled Godly Wisdom for Personal Relationships. How many of you need some godly wisdom in your personal relationships? Okay, I got the right message. I hear some hands come up. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Now, it's funny. Well, let's, let's, let's pray. You guys almost forgot to pray, huh? Yeah. Uh, Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you that, Lord, you are ruler and owner of our lives, and you'll do things that we couldn't do. So we ask you by your Holy Spirit to teach us, guide us, and direct us in the way we're supposed to go. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, Amen. amen. So, you know, the Holy Spirit, it's kind of a hard thing to comprehend because he doesn't really have a name. We know the Father right? We can pray to the Father. We can pray to the Son. But the Holy Spirit doesn't really have a name that we can call on. I mean, He's the Spirit of truth. He's the Spirit of grace. He's the Spirit of holiness. But He's also the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. So we're going to talk about that, about how to have wisdom in every situation that we're facing. Isn't that good news? God has an answer. So let's look at this scripture on wisdom. It says, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you. Is there any wise men up there? Out there? Okay. Any wise women? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with what? Meekness of wisdom. Now, that's kind of an unusual juxtaposition. Meekness and wisdom together. We don't really look at it that way, do we? We say wisdom is like speak your peace, speak your mind, make it you know, happen, be dictatorial in it. No, it says be meek. Paul said, I beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Christ is gentle. Christ is meek. So I try to adopt that in my life when I have to correct people or show them things or tell them about things. I try to be it in a soft manner. My son says, Dad, you said it's so soft that people don't even know that they're being corrected. (laughs) In fact, Richard Espinosa, I was talking to him about that. He goes, yeah, you know, you said something to me the other day, and I took a couple of steps. I go, did I just get corrected? I don't remember. I don't. It's so peaceable, right? Gentle, easy to be entreated. And that's going to be our scripture for the day. And we're going to have uh, Sister Rosie come up and read it to us. It's in James chapter 3, verse 17. morning, church. The scripture reading for today is found in James 3.17. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, 
them peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Thank you, Rosie. So look at those uh, words. Pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. What does that mean? It means easily received, easily to be uh, absorbed. It's not like a, an attack, but it's easy to understand, easy to be absorbed. Now, the best way I can describe it is be like a runner in a race, in a relay race. You ever seen those runners in the relay race? What they do is they take the baton, and as they're running, then they give it to the next guy. But the next guy doesn't just stand there like, Brother Don, could you help us with this? Okay. Have you ever, have you ever run a, a relay race? Yes, sir, I have. Okay, good. All right, now, so I'm going to come. I'm going to be the first man, and I'm going to give the baton to you, right? Oh. Oh. What happened? What's up with that, Pastor? That hurt, man. Oh, sorry. It didn't hurt in practice, did it? <laughs> <laughs> what did, was actually. wrong with that? <laughs> he, he, he needed to advance a little bit so I could give him the baton. And so true in, in personal relationships, you don't just come up and hit somebody with something like, hey, brother, I heard that, you know, at the last picnic, Gladys had a hot dog plate out there, and you came and you just ate it up. You didn't say you were sorry. You just had all this food in your mouth. Your eyes bugged out. I mean, what kind of guy are you anyway? You know, it's hard for her to, to, to get around. And you, are you I, I thought you were a better Christian than that. Oh, uh, take it easy, Pastor. I mean, that hurts. You know, I'm just, uh, there was a big misunderstanding, all right? Okay. It's like um, Vanessa told me to go to the restroom, and yeah. um, sorry, but it hurts coming from you, you know? Yeah. And it's like she said, go the, I had to go to the restroom, and yeah. uh, then I came back, and I told yeah. her, can you make me a plate? And I came out, and of course, everybody knows I love food, so I just scarfed on it. And, <laughs> and then when, when, the, when, the blue, when the blueberry muffin was in my mouth, yeah. here comes Gladys, yeah. and I'm trying to talk and speak and spit and swallow. And, <laughs> and so I'm like, I couldn't talk to her, and she just kept going by. I'm so sorry, brother. I, I, don't, yeah, thanks, I, don't, I, I, I didn't mean to accuse you of that. I should have listened to the other side of the story. Isn't that true? You hear yeah. one side of the story, you want to jump on the person until you hear the other side of the story. So what I was supposed to do is present it this way. Say, Brother Don, we had a good time at the picnic, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, what happened with Gladys? I heard some. What, what happened with that? Oh, yeah. You know, it's just a big misunderstanding. I can explain it all to you. Yeah. No See, that's, isn't that a little more peaceable, <laughs> gentle? You know, so we, we have to be that way with one another. Be, be kind. Be yes, gentle, right? Thank you, Brother Don. Absolutely. I appreciate that. See, in, in, that, in that way, in that way, everybody's happy, right? The, the pastor protects himself. Don's living in peace, and we got to go get Gladys, right? No. <laughs> Gladys was the problem. But we're supposed to be peaceable, Right? Now, my wife says, you know, we're not supposed to be mean. We're not supposed to be surly. We're supposed to be kind. My wife says, sometimes you're not, you're mean. I said, how, what, what do you mean? She goes, well, sometimes you make faces. I go, what do you mean I make faces? She goes, that's what I'm talking about right there. So I said, okay, let me put on a happy face. <laughs> And then if she's really mad, I have to sing her a little song. It's kind of corny, but I sing it anyway. It says, 
Who's your little who's it? Who's your turtle dove? Who's your little who's it? Who are you thinking of? And, and she just laughs and says, okay, we just love each other. We know we shouldn't be so mean to each other. Okay, so we have to have the same nature and character of God. Be kind, be gentle, be peaceable. Can we do that? Yeah, but you don't know that person just makes me so mad. You know, they just get me so upset. I don't know what to do. They trigger me. I don't know. I've been living with this thing for so long. I can't take it. You know, we, we play basketball. I use this as an illustration. But we have two guys that always are fighting, you know. You fouled me. No, you didn't foul me. You touched me. Ah, you didn't touch me. And, and so finally, me and my other bro- the other brother said, we need to bring some peace here. We, we need to bring some kind of, a, uh, you know, getting along spirit. So we talked to both of the boys, and I told my wife, I go, she goes, how was basketball today? I go, well, we had another little incident, and one of the boys, uh, one of the men left the court, and she goes, how old are you guys anyway? <laughs> you can't get along? <laughs> so we, we, we talked, and we settled everything, and so the last time we played, these two guys came together, they apologized, and they hugged one another. Oh, my gosh. They hugged one another. Here they've been arguing for over a year, and all it took was a little peaceable, gentle instruction, correction, and they got it. Amen? Praise God. I know this may not apply to anybody here. But anyway, (laughs) the Bible says we're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. Isn't that true? Well, where does He lead us? Well, let's look at it. He leads us into repentance. He leads us into righteousness. He leads us into truth. He leads us into love. He leads us into holiness. He leads us into usefulness. Isn't that good? Amen. Now, it would be nice if we had some scriptures to back that up, wouldn't it? I hope I did my lesson. Oh, yeah, of course I did. What do you think? (laughs) Okay. Leads us into repentance. Let's look at this. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. You know, there's a thing about just being sorry, then there's something about real, a godly sorrow. Like, I'm sorry if I hurt you. You know, I've told the story of my wife when we were first married. She would do things that hurt me. <laughs> and I'd say, babe, that really hurts. And she'd go, ah, okay, I'm sorry. i go, no, it's not really what I'm looking for on that one. <laughs> and then I have to explain a little bit. She goes, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, that's not really what I wanted to hear. So I explained a little bit more, and she got the feeling. She says, I'm so sorry. I go, that's what I'm talking about. Be godly sorrow. And leads to repentance. What does repentance mean? I'm not going to do it anymore. So I said, does that mean you're not going to do it anymore? She said, I can't guarantee that. <laughs> but I'll try. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we have to repent. Now, a godly person will repent. If you see someone that has ought against you, you put your gift down at the altar. You go to them and you talk to them and say, I'm sorry. I even had to go this week to one of the brothers and say, listen, brother, I'm sorry. I, I acted up a little bit. I didn't mean to. You know, will you forgive me? Sure, sure, of course. You know, how, how can you resist someone that asks for forgiveness? You really can't. We had this one guy at the other church. And he would mess up stuff, and, and, and I heard about it, and I have to come. And while I'm driving to go talk to him, I'm fuming. I'm going like, man, why did this guy mess up my life so much? <laughs> and I had my speech all ready. You been there? You been there? You're mad. You're going to tell them off. You're going to give them a piece of your mind. 
You know what they say, if you give somebody a piece of your mind, you're going to not have any mind left, you know? You're going to run out of pieces. So <laughs> when I got there, before I even had a chance to talk, he goes, Pastor, I'm sorry. I, I messed up. You know, it's on me. I am so sorry. How can you get mad at a guy like that? I said, okay, well, we'll just move on. Okay, praise the Lord. So then he says in, in uh, uh, Psalms 23.3, he leads us into righteousness. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. What does it mean to lead you in a pathway? It's a direction. It's a path. It's a way of life that he's going to you know, lead you. Has the Holy Spirit ever prompted you to not do this? Don't go there. Don't talk to that person. Don't have fellowship with there. I can remember when we were in high school. You know, how many of you remember these parties we used to have in high school? And, you know, in, in people's houses. And it was just people coming out of the woodwork, you know, on the porch, on the lawn, drinking, doing drugs, doing all this kinds of stuff. And we hear reports of the police coming and raiding the place. And people get hauled off to jail. Well, that's a place you don't... Do you guys remember that? You didn't do that last week, did you? No. Hopefully we've grown out of that, right? <laughs> So I, what I would do, I didn't want to be in jail. I didn't want my mom to come down and say, son, what in the world were you doing? So I would study who was in the party so that I knew what kind of party it would be. And I found out about this one party, and I knew some guys that were going there. I go, this is trouble. I can tell right away. So I stayed at home. But what I, so the next day I heard, of course, the police did raid it, and one of the guys who used to be on our track team, and this guy was Mr. Perfect. You ever seen these guys? Blonde, blue eyes, beautiful, everybody loved him. Played football, played basketball, played track. And he didn't even have to practice with track. You know, we'd be out there running and sweating, and he'd just come out, you know, like a goddess, you know, like, okay. <laughs> and he'd run around the laps a few times and do a couple hurdles and then go on in. i go, like, who is that? You know, that's McGuire. He goes, well, doesn't he have to practice? Oh, no, he's, he's special. He's special guy. So he was at the party. They raided it, and he's got this athletic prowess. They said, no one can catch me. I'm too fast. So he tears down the street. He sees a fence. He jumps over the fence, no problem, because he could do the high jump. What he didn't know is a 20-foot drop straight down, and he fell to his death. All that prowess, all, he wasn't being led in the pathway of righteousness. Amen? So, you probably know a lot of people that have done this kind of thing, crazy things, thinking that they're above the law, above the law of God, and they wind up not having a good end. So, you got to repent. Godly men repent. Godly women repent. You know how some women are, some ladies, some men. I'm not saying I'm sorry. I, I'm not... I'm not you know, I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of letting them know. I was right. I was right, and they were wrong, and that's the way that is. Is that the way God looks at it? No, can't you all just get along? Amen? I don't, know, I don't have a scripture for that. Okay. Okay, next thing. He leads us into the truth. John 16, verse 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, shall come, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears... He will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He'll guide you into the truth. 
They'll let you know what's false and what's true. You know, there's a lot of little philosophies, a lot of little ideologies going around. And one brother came to me and he said, you know, uh, somebody came to me with a Bible study. And so uh, they're very nice. You know, the lady's very nice and very cordial. And she's telling us about this Bible study. And as I was listening to it, she was saying, well, this is the only way. You have to have this Bible study or you're not going to go to heaven. I go, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. How does it sound to you? It doesn't sound right. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will prompt you and tell you if it's true or not. Amen? And the apostles, they had that same feeling. They were in Jerusalem, and they were having a council. And after they discussed everything, they came out and they said, look at this scripture, it says, and it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to put any you know, restrictions on certain idols that were sacrificed, certain animals that were sacrificed to idols. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit. It seemed like the Holy Spirit was right there talking to them. The Holy Spirit speaks, doesn't he? Let's look at it this right here in, in um, Psalms, uh, or slide 56. It says, leads us into all holiness. First Peter 1, 2, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. So the Lord will teach you how to be holy. It says, the grace of God, which has appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, to keep us holy. We can't be holy in ourselves. One person said, I'm trying to do the best I can. You don't try. You let the Holy Spirit take control over you and guide you into all the truth, cause you to be holy. And all of a sudden, before you look back and you go like, wow, man, I, I'm a different person. I'm doing things that I didn't think I could do. I'm acting and thinking the way I'm supposed to think. I have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. What happened to me? Amen. People that come to the church, they say, you know, uh, it's not real, you know, Forceful, but gently we are changing our lives and our ways of living, and we're seeing the, the, the fruit of it, and God is doing that in their lives. They're changing from the inside out. It's not a struggle. It's just a yielding to the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, uh, slide 57. It says, leads us unto usefulness. God wants to use you. Did you know that? He likes you. He created you. He gave you talents and abilities to do things. I like... Uh, Ellen's in the back there with Richard. They're so excited to greet you. Did you notice? Did you, how, how did you feel when you came in? I feel like a million bucks. I mean, I just came here. And I, people are glad to see me. I'm so happy, you know. <laughs> like like uh, if you go to a million-dollar country club and the, the guys are there, the valets are there. Come on in. You're, we've been expecting you. Really? Yeah. Praise the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Amen? So, so the Holy Spirit was directing the apostles in the book of Acts. Go here. Go there. Don't go there. Do this. Do that. And then he says, he said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work, Barnabas, for the work that I have for them. He speaks. Separate unto me. Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I have. The Holy Spirit has a mind. He has a will. He has emotions. He has a plan. He's carrying out God's plan. He wants to work with you. Amen? And it's so hard to believe that he's a person. It's, it, you have to, it's very hard to understand, but you can grieve him, right? You, you can blaspheme him. You can lie to him. You can do all those. You ever ignore him? Uh, let's pray. No, I don't really want to pray today. 
Uh, can we do it later? Let's have breakfast. <laughs> the Holy Spirit wants our attention, our undivided attention. I know as soon as I wake up, it seems like He's really ready to catch me before I start thinking about things in the day. So the Holy Spirit is a person. So if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Will any of these descriptions fit you? They say, oh, she was such a kind person. She was such a long-suffering person. What a gentle person they were. Would they say that about you? Yes. Oh, I got a yes? Okay, anybody else want to? Let me talk to your husband a little bit. <laughs> okay. You know, in our other church, they, they would call up, you know, the people and, and see how they were, you know, to check up on them. And so they would call the house and they would tell me, ask me how I was. Fine. They go, well, can I talk to your wife? I go, she's fine. Okay. You don't need to talk to her. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, what's funny is in a marriage, if you ask the husband, how their marriage is going, they'll give it like two points higher than what the woman will go. The man will say, it's about an eight, and the woman will go, no, no, it's a six. You know, we've got a long way to go yet. And I'm like, what? Anyway, the Bible says kindness makes a man attractive. Did you know that? Wow. Amen. Okay, so I want to give you an example today in the Bible. Are you ready? You want to hear a Bible story? And it'll help you. Uh, we're talking about how if someone mistreats you, speaks bad about you, disrespects you, disregards you, wrongs you, persecutes you, aces you out of something, offends you, and just plain rude. Has that ever happened to you? I asked my neighbor, I'm going to be teaching on this, has that ever happened to you? She goes, every day. Every day this happens to me. But it's not how you react, it's how you respond. If you react in the natural, you're going to be in trouble. But you have to train yourself to respond in a godly manner because we have different perspectives. We have different values. God's calling us to a higher standard. Can I get an amen? So these things might happen in the workplace, in your marriage, in your family, in your children, in your neighbors, people that you meet on the freeway <laughs> that you never even known, and they will offend you, right? They'll cut you off. Sometimes I see somebody not letting me in. I'm going, look, what's up with you? What is going on here? You know? <laughs> that doesn't, sometimes they let, me, they let me in. Sometimes they don't even see me. It's like, just keep going. Okay, whatever. But let me tell you, here's the story. You ready? This is King David. Now, everybody has had these situations in their life where somebody wrongs you. Get your dander up. You want to give them a piece, piece of your mind. Amen? Anybody? Okay, let's look at this. Verse 2. There was a certain man in Maon who had property there at Carmel, and he was very wealthy. Ooh, doesn't that sound good? There was a man in Covina, and he was very wealthy. Ooh. He had 1,000 goats and 3,000 sheep, which he was shearing in Carmel. I was trying to imagine, what does 3,000 sheep look like? I, I can't imagine. It's just like oh, so much. Okay, his name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was intelligent and beautiful. Now, nobody else in the Bible is called beautiful and intelligent. What a combination, right? 
Praise God, except for maybe Vanessa, right? Okay, praise God. But her husband was surly and mean. How did that happen? How did a beautiful, intelligent girl marry a surly and mean man? Well, I'm thinking that it was one of those arranged marriages where she was stuck in it. And so, do you know anybody that's in a stuck relationship? You know, maybe it's your boss, maybe it's your neighbor, maybe it's, I don't know, somebody you work with. So, uh, while David was in the wilderness, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. And during that time, that was a festive time where everybody got together, they sheared the sheep, they celebrated the harvest, the flocks, they would, you know, prepare meals, and they would spread the wealth with everybody, everyone that helped, everyone that was a part of what was going on. But Nabal, he was not a good guy. So David heard about the time that they were shearing sheep. So uh, in, verse, in slide 61, so he sent 10 young men and said to them, go up to Nabal and say to him, long life to you, good health to you and your household, and good health to all that's yours. Now, that's a pleasant greeting, isn't it? He says, now I hear that it is sheep shearing time when your shepherds were with us. We did not mistreat them. We protected them. We made sure no hurt or harm come to them. Nobody stole anybody from them. So what we want to do, if you would allow us, if it's favorable to you, this is festive time, could you bestow upon us some of the goods of what you received. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. Now, here's Nabal's answer. Remember, he's mean and surly. And he goes ahead and insults David. He said, who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? He already knew he was son of Jesse, but he's nothing to me. Who is this David? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Slide 65, why should I take my bread and water and the meat I have slaughtered from my shearers and give it to men coming from who knows where? So he could have just said no, but no, he has to insult him. <laughs> he has to say, who, who are you anyway? You've been running around for your masters. You're a nobody. I don't, I don't really want to pay attention to you. Have you ever, that ever happened to you? You know, you go to your boss and you have a complaint and he says, you know what? I, I don't, just go back to work. Like, oh, my gosh. So he's insulting David and, and his men, bringing up the past, attacking him and his character. Oh, that would frost me. Wouldn't it frost you? David's turn, men turned around and went back. And David said, all right, you boys, all 400 of you, strap on your sword. We're going over to Nabal's house. We're going to kill him and all the men that are in that city. David was upset. Amen. Very upset. Now, he's a warrior, and you don't want to rile him. So one of the servants told Abigail, you better do something because David is out to kill all of us. And your husband, he's thick, and he won't listen. He's out there drinking festive. He doesn't even know what's going to happen. He's oblivious to everything. They said, see what you can do. So Abigail, the intelligent one, acted quickly. She took 200, listen to what she took, 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five sheaves of roasted grain, 100 cakes of raisins, 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, go on ahead. I'll meet up with you. What was she doing? She was giving him a gift ahead of time, right? In Proverbs, it says, give a gift in secret. It'll pacify someone's anger. You got somebody mad at you, give them something. 
What do husbands do? They go to the floor shop. <laughs> the florist said, oh, you must be in trouble again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got to give a gift. So she comes riding in her donkey. David is still fuming. He goes, I, I, I take care of this guy's, took care of this guy's sheep, and this is how I'm repaid for it. Okay, slide 66. So when Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, pardon your servant, my Lord, and let me speak to you and let me and hear what I have to say. So what did she do? She paid him respect and honor right off the bat. Got the gift. I'm honoring you. I'm so sorry. You know, how can you resist that? Not to mention she was beautiful. And David had a little weakness with, with pretty girls. You know that, right? He didn't have to listen to her, but he goes, Woo, this is a good-looking girl. <laughs> what, what you got to say, you know? <laughs> so she treated him with honor and respect. So I, I'm going to put these at the end, but this is just for your information. Gives him a gift, treats him with honor and respect, and slide 67 says, Please pay no attention to my Lord. That wicked man, Nabal, he is just like his name. He means, it means fool. And folly goes with him. As for me, your servant, I did not see the men my Lord sent. Right? Now, that wasn't a good thing to call her, her husband a fool. But, hey, if the shoe fits, <laughs> wear it, right? There's desperate times, right? Okay, don't, don't kill me. So, he said, and now, my Lord... As surely as the Lord your God lives and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands. What is she saying? She's saying she's projecting what's going to happen. I know you're not going to do this. I'm, I'm projecting. Since you have kept uh, your hands from bloodshed. Well, he, he said, that's not, uh-uh. I'm, I'm coming to kill. What are you talking about? She projected a favorable outcome. She went in believing that the God of peace was going to touch his heart and change his heart. That's why David is called a man after God's own heart. Have you ever had somebody that you know that all you have to do is explain the situation, just talk to them, you know, plead your case, and they'll change their heart? It's just so easy when you know someone that loves God. And if I find out somebody's a Christian, I go, oh, just pray to God. He'll, the Lord will talk to him. It'll be okay. So she projected a favorable outcome, and it says, May your enemies and all who are intent on harming, my Lord, be like Nabal, and let this gift, gift which your servant has brought to you, my Lord, be given to the men who follow you. Fourth thing, she acknowledged the men that were with him. She didn't just single out David. She said, You and all, your whole household, everyone that's with you. Why? Because these guys are ready to fight. And these are not your ordinary guys. These are thieves. These are downtrodden guys. These are men that have deaths. They want to fight, yeah? So David has to calm everybody. So when all the gifts came out, she said, these are for all your men. Now, you know, for me, I look if people acknowledge my family as well as me, you know? I had this one brother that, that he was begging me because he heard my wife knew how to make lasagna. He said, I just love lasagna. Oh, could your wife make me some lasagna? Over and over. Kind of like Bathsheba. Yeah, okay, already, already. Right already. So we made lasagna. He came over. He ate. He never even talked to my wife. Never, never thanked her. Didn't even look up. Just like ate. I'm going like, she said, there's something wrong with that. Something wrong with that, man. Yeah. Amen. So you, you treat, it's how you treat someone, the family. 
Amen? If someone came in and didn't treat your son right, you'd go like, what? I don't think you're all that, you know? Are you a godly person? So she goes on and says in verse 71, Please forgive your servant's presumption. The Lord your God will definitely make a lasting destiny for my Lord because you fight the Lord's battles, and no wrongdoing will be found in you as long as you live. Slide 72. When the Lord hath fulfilled for my Lord every good thing he has promised concerning uh, you and has appointed you ruler over Israel. She's looking into the future, saying, listen, you, you've got a destiny. You've got something that God has called you to, to be, king. You don't want to look back at this and say, you know what, you lost your temper you, you know, maybe other people will say, well, he can't be king because he just loses his temper and he kills people for no good reason, just because they insulted him, right? So we have to look at somebody and say, you know what, you have to respect their person and say, you know, God has a destiny for you. Let's not, let's, let's not let this be a stumbling block. Let's get over this. Let's have peace. We need to have fellowship together. Praise God. So the... <laughs> He said in verse 73, he says, My Lord will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. And when the Lord your God has brought my Lord's success, remember your servant. Isn't that cool? He said, you know what? All this is going to pass. Would you remember me? You know, take care of my family. You know, just remember what I've done. And she reminded him of his greatness and what he was going to do. And then... David said to Abigail, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. So godly men repent. Godly men change their mind. There may be full bore blast ready to go, but they have to hold back and say, wait a minute, I'm not doing the right thing. Amen. I mean, I have to be corrected at my own house sometimes. I'm just so upset about something. I go, you guys, you know, let's just get this thing together here. And they go, Dad, calm down, you know. It's okay. Let's, let's talk about this, okay. All right. I'm, I'm being transparent, you know, maybe to help some of y'all. That, you know, you, you feel like you're just right. It's righteous indignation. Okay, this needs to correct. This needs to be stopped. Well, let's discuss it. Let's talk about it. Let's have wisdom. Amen. So, in slide 76, David accepted from her hand and what she had brought him and said, go home in peace. I have heard your words and granted your request. And then uh, Abigail went home, told Nabal what she had done. The next morning, he was all upset. His heart turned into stone. And guess what? Bloop, he died. <laughs> and David said, ooh, Nabal died. I've been avenged. Amen. I know in, in my job, there's people that try to come against us against me when I was working, and it seems like it, the judgment comes upon them. They're trying to get me, and then somebody gets them. You've been avenged. But what did David do? He said, you know what? I remember that girl. Man, she was good looking. She was intelligent. She had wisdom. I need her on my side. Go get her. Tell her I want to marry her. And so she, they sent word to Abigail, verse, uh, slide 77, Asking her to become his wife, his servants went to Carmel and said to Abigail, David has sent us to you to take you to become his wife. I had to look up that. I said, why didn't he go himself? Well, it was customary to have your servants go and ask him to be the wife. And so the last slide in 78 says, she bowed down with her face to the ground and said, I am your servant, and I'm ready to serve you and wash the feet of my Lord's servants. 
I've been trying to get Marianne to do that, but it's just... <laughs> It's not working out too good, no. I can wash my own feet, but <laughs> I do need help with the children's church. I do need help with organization. I do need help with the flyers. I do need help with a lot of other things that she does. You know, I didn't know that she was in charge of parks and recreation doing programs and or orchestrating events. Uh, I, I just saw her, and I was like, David, I like, she looked good. I like her. Okay, bring, on, bring her on. But <laughs> what I didn't know is all the talents that she has given to me to serve me all the days of my life. What a, what a joy that is. Amen? So husbands, we can't uh, neglect our wives. We can't take them for uh, advantage. Uh, you know, what is it called? Take them for granted. Yeah, thank you. We have to appreciate, and vice versa, the women have to appreciate their husbands. They work hard. They do things for them. They, they love them. You know, my wife, I don't know, my wife, she, um, it's not here. <laughs> oh, have mercy on my soul. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I become the driver of the, of, of the house. I'm the chauffeur. You know, she'll say, I, I need to go to CVS. I go, okay. She goes, will you drive me? I go, what are you? I thought you said you were going to go to CVS. So I've learned. I'm the driver, you know. Whatever, wherever she has to go, will you drive me? Okay. So I thought that I was the only one that had to do that. But we were talking to uh, the speaker that's going to be coming for our women's uh, advance, our women's meeting. We're, we got a good surprise for you. She's really good. She's really talented. She's a doctor, and she's gonna. She speaks all over the nation. She's gonna come and speak to us. She goes. I said, "Well, your husband can come with us. He can talk with us." She said, yeah, he he drives me everywhere. <laughs> I'm in good company. <laughs> all right. I'm the driver. Also, I'm the cook. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whatever your hands find to do, do it. Amen. And the reason why I did that is because if I waited for my wife to make the dinner, I, I'd be starving, you know. <laughs> uh, what do you want to eat tonight? Let's have some spaghetti. I'll get it. I'll get it. It's ready, okay? If I waited, it'd be like, okay, uh, let's see. We're going to get the sauce. We're going to get this. So anyway, I've, I've been designated chief cook and bottle washer, chauffeur, and all-around good guy. Amen? Amen. So, <laughs> so, in case you weren't taking notes, just look at this. <laughs> Slide 79 says, here's what you do to make peace. Bring a gift to pacify someone that's angry. Treat them with honor and respect. Amen? You may, you may just totally be upset at this person. Treat them with honor and respect. They're God's child. Project a favorable outcome. Believe that after you leave, everybody's going to be at peace. It's going to be a joyous time. Praise the Lord. Ask for forgiveness. Acknowledge the person's family. And remind them of their destiny. You're a great woman and man of God. Amen? We're going to get through this. We're going to have a good and loving relationship. Praise the Lord. And I'll leave you with this scripture. It's not on the board. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in everything you do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're the God of peace. You're the Prince of Peace as you have sent Jesus. And, Lord, you said, my peace I have given to you. Not as the world gives, give I you, but my peace I give to you. So, Father, we receive your peace in every situation that we're facing. We know that, Lord, you're with us. You're going to guide and direct us. You're going to bring peace. And people will know that we are your disciples because of our love for one another. So, Father, God, grant us the wisdom and revelation on how to bring peace in every situation that we're facing. And we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I I just want to take some time in case there's someone online that hasn't received the Lord or needs to rededicate. It's a simple thing. It's from your heart, but it comes out of your mouth. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. He leads me and guides me into all the truth. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Lead me in the pathway of righteousness for your name's sake, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.